Eric Dobrats and Brian Coleman. Brian, I think the two of us are in uh, similar positions. We were having a great Sunday. Having were. a great Sunday. It was a nice day. Having a great Sunday. Had a great Saturday night. Was all fired up to talk about Garrett Cole and the best win of the year for the Yankees. And that was a nice win. Him telling Aaron Boone to get his ass back in the dugout. I'll handle yep. this. 129 pitches. Complete game shutout. 129 pitches in this day and age. And then you get screwed today by the worst loss of the year for both the Yankees and the Mets. Terrible. Worst loss of the year for both teams. Let's start with you. We always talk about the Yankees. Let's start about your Mets. What bothered, okay. you, about, what bothered you about today's loss? I have my own feelings about it. I watched it. What do you got? Uh, a lot of things. I mean, they okay, let's set the stage. They're playing the Pirates. It's the last game before the All-Star break. So everyone's going to get a week most. Everyone's going to get like five days off after today's game. Anybody tell the manager that, by the way? Five nothing. Yeah, I'll get to him. And I, I, you know, uh, five nothing after the first inning. Lindor, who's starting to look like Francisco Lindor, uh, he goes yard for a two one two run tater. Conforto hits three run tater in the top of the bottom of the first. And five nothing. Mets here in first place. Pirates suck. This is going to be a laugher. This is exactly what this team needs because their pitching staff is on toast. They're out of pitchers. And of course, they come back and lose six to five. The offense doesn't do anything the rest of the day. And their pitching staff, which I get it, they, they are just out of pitchers, Eric. They're, they've run out of guys to run out there. They had another doubleheader on Saturday, which stretched them thin. They they only have three starters, really, because of injuries to starting pitching. It's a disaster. And today the bullpen failed them. And the manager, who I like, and again, in this day and age, all you want from your, your baseball manager, because they don't do a hell of a lot anymore, it's just don't screw it up. And I think Luis Rojas has been fine. No complaints. I agree. It's it's like a left tackle on my foot on your football team. The less I have to see him or think about him, what he's doing, it means things are going pretty well. Well, Louis, and again, I like Louis. I think he's done a really good job. Um, I'm not one of those guys who always criticizes your manager. He had a bad day. He had a bad, bad day. Why? Uh, Mar- Miguel. Okay, just used to the bullpen. He brings in Miguel Castro for his uh, in the seventh inning of a close game. Miguel Castro has been terrible the last few months. He's been awful. Drew Smith, and I go, nobody cares about this if you're a Mets fan, but if you're not a Mets fan, Drew Smith, who's pitched better lately, is warming up, doesn't get in the game. Then he goes to his closer, Edwin Diaz, who's been, again, really good all year. I you could make, I don't really care what one way or the other, but you could make it like if he was going to the all-star game this week, no one would that would be fun. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. He's had a really good year. Try to get five out, try to get a six out five out save out of him, and it did not work well. And they end up blowing a five nothing lead and losing six to five. It's a terrible loss to go in the All Star break. So all week they're talking about, and you know how this is. So again, folks, last game before an All Star game. That means all hands on deck. You got five right. off. And a lot of people were speculating that maybe they'd see Jacob Degrom throw today, and he was in the bullpen to start the game. I saw him out there. So I was waiting for him to make an appearance in the middle innings, maybe throw the seventh or eighth in light of the Castro in lieu of the Castro type. So why don't they, why do you think they pitched him today as like a throw day? I have no idea, and I just ripped Louie for two minutes, but I can't rip him for this because as a lot of guy, a lot of the beat writers tweeted this morning, uh, it was announced that Degrom would not pitch at all today. So that's not the manager's decision. That's above it. That he has no say in that. You and I both know that. Yeah. Why announce it though? I don't because I'm assuming the first question that Rojas got that Rojas got asked this asked this morning was is Jacob DeGrom going to throw an inning today 
and he already gotten his marching orders and he, he he answered truthfully. He could have said, I don't know, but then he would have just gotten it on the back end after the game. So I said, yeah, no, he's not pitching today. Jay's yeah. getting a full like 12 days of rest. And Seth Lugo, not an option because he pitched yesterday. Seth Lugo, not an option. Trevor May, their eighth, their eighth inning guy who's pitched well, pitched 30 pitches yesterday, which I guess that means even though we're, he's about to have five days off, I guess that means he couldn't even go for like three batters today. I don't understand it. I mean, okay, that's fine. You want to say, okay, they're not available, those two guys. You're two best, best relievers outside of your closer. But just using a guy who's had an ERA of around five since Memorial Day or worse – and trying to go get an inning and a third out of that guy was just just bad. Yeah. And again, the only reason I can sort of give Rojas a little bit of a break is, dude, they are out of pitching. They had a doubleheader yesterday. They were starting a guy, Tyler McGill, yesterday in the late doubleheader last night who hasn't gotten out of the fifth inning yet in like four starts, and he didn't get out of the fifth inning last night. They have no pitching to go to. So, And the part of the problem with Lugo, too, is you can't use him on back-to-back days. You ever. can't use him to at back-to-back days. He's got an elbow issue. You don't want to chance it. So. He threw 22 pitches yesterday. But can I say this? I mean, again, I'm, I'm killing Rojas, and I'm, I'm pissing and moaning because they've had so much injuries that their pitching is depleted. It's a 5 nothing game against the friggin' Pittsburgh Cards. Can you maybe do a little something the rest of the game? Score more runs. You're absolutely Okay. Right. Could you maybe get a hit off the, the, the friggin' Pirates? Yeah, score more runs. It's a terrible loss. And let's not – oh, by the way, since we're talking about our locals and our, our third team here in our Connecticut area, by the way, I want to thank the Boston friggin' Red Sox. Oh, the great Red Sox, <laughs> best record in the American <laughs> League. You lose two out of three to the friggin' Phillies? You so lose five of- to four to Philly, you're down five to one? You know what happened to Philly, the Phillies this morning? They found out like six guys are on the COVID list, including the starting pitcher. And the great Boston Red Sox I got to hear about first place. And the American League East, best record in the American League. You can't win that frigging game today? Yeah. Help my team out a little bit? I was waiting all day. Disgrace. And Ronald Torres hits a three-run Ronald home. Ronald Torres. <laughs> Nick, Pavetta comes, Nick Pavetta comes to City Field. He looks like frigging, uh, you know, Marjorie Clemens for six innings. Gets his ass handed to him today. And where are all those bats? Where's your boy Martinez, your DH guy? That What happened to him? One, one, in, one in five at, uh, at the plate today. Struck out in the ninth inning. Nice job. Disgrace. So the Mets team. So the, Can't wait to Tampa Bay takes first place and wins that division again. Mets are three and a half up on the NL East going to the All-Star break. Phillies are now at 500, right? 44 and 40. Yeah. I believe. So, again, the Mets are still, as a, as a, as a, as a farmer Ted said in 16 candles, right now the, the Mets are king of the dip bleeps. They're, uh, they're, the best of, they're the best team in a crummy division. And I'll take it. Their first place is better than fourth place. You're absolutely right. Speaking of division, the Braves losing Ronald Acuna Jr. You know, I, you hate the Braves. I hate the Braves. But man, you hate to see a young player get hurt just because he's fun to watch. He's like Clemente on right field. He's got a rocket for an arm. I don't know if you saw the play. Landed weird uh, on the warning really Tore his ACL. Was going after fly ball. Jumped, didn't get it, and then landed awkwardly on his right leg. Blew out his. Uh, he was done for the year. So where was that game? Where was that game, Eric? That was in Miami, right? I believe so. I'm not positive. I'm trying to think like what kind of field that is that is out there because that was a weird injury. I didn't see it, so I shouldn't say too much. But you don't hear about guys tearing an ACL, especially ball baseball players, on that type of play. Yeah, it was in Miami. Hey, Rivera, Rivera tore his knee up on the warning track in BP in Kansas City many moons ago. Remember it happened. So oh, Yankees fans remember. So yep. yeah, so the Mets had a sick the the worst loss of the year for the Mets. They're still in first place by three and a half. Now, you would say they kick off – this is kind of a weird scheduling quirk. 
quirk. They just finished a four-game series with the Pirates at mm-hmm. home. First series for the Mets after the All-Star break. They're in Pittsburgh for three games with the Pirates, which is kind of weird. So we shall see. Yeah. Enough about my Mets. You're uh, I I wouldn't think like you would think think like well you can't top a baseball loss like that on the same day in in New York City, can you? But I'd be wrong. Yeah. And you know this is one of those games where I got to be honest. The Yankees were up seven to two uh, in the ninth inning. Yep. Uh, Domingo Herman pitched three up, three down, seventh, three up, three down, eighth, moving right along. Mm-hmm. Starts the ninth with a swinging bunt, goes you know about thirty five feet for a base hit, then gives mm-hmm. up a double. Second and third, they go to Chad Green, and at first, and my first, the only thing I would say, I like the idea of Herman starting the ninth, just because you want to straighten him out. But I did say to myself. You bring Chapman in when it's seven to two to put him in a good headspace going into the All Star break. That was my only second guess. Bringing Green in, I agree with one hundred percent. He didn't have it today. He didn't have it again. The Yankees get beat on their second. A Yankee reliever gets beat on his second best pitch. The announcer literally, David Cohn, literally said, "Who's great?" Thirty seconds before they lost the game. Only thing about Green is the last couple outings, his breaking ball has been flat. What does Altuve hit out for a three-run homer at hanging 84-mile-an-hour breaking ball? It just drove – after throwing 96 on the outside corner on the black earlier. And, and Jose Altuve, again. Always the, gets the last the laugh. Mets the Mets killer. Team. I mean, the always, Mets killer. The Yankees killer. Always gets the last laugh against the Yankees. Always. And I read – I did not see this, but I read on Twitter afterward, just so that nobody would have any, you know, suspicions – he went shirtless after they after he hit the home run, topless. Which no wires, which caused more controversy, Brian. Why was that? I don't know. Did he have a nipple piercing? I don't know. No, but what did he say? Why he didn't take his shirt off when he beat the Yankees last time? What was his excuse? Oh, I forget the the bad excuse. You remember because you're a Yankees fan, but it was laughable. He didn't have a no he was sweaty or he. His didn't... wife said she didn't like the look of the tattoo he had just got that was half finished. Oh, when he took his shirt off today, Brian, take a look at the picture. Mm-hmm. See any half or completed tattoos on his body? Not one. Are you sure that's that, that's the, the Altuve thing? I think I, read, I heard years ago. I think I read something similar. That's one time. Well, I read it, it on the internet, so it's got to be true. I think that's an excuse Stan Musial had one time back in the day. <laughs> yeah, tattoo was Mantle, Mickey Mantle used to say that all the time. Yeah, interesting. But so. that's a terrible loss for the Yankees. Awful. Terrible loss. Awful. And you, but you've got more Yankee stuff. You have like some uh, manager uh, player stuff going on. Garrett Cole, you know, great game last night. Oh, here, I want to give you a stat. I want to give you a stat. Oh, I love numbers. 495 games this season in Major League Baseball. When a team has a four run lead or more, what do you think their record is in 495 games? Go to the ninth with a four plus run lead. Oh, go to the ninth with a four plus run lead. Well, I'm gonna say there were. I think I think I've seen this happen at least once this season. I'm gonna say only two times have teams lost after today. Correct. I knew it. And both teams, didn't know it. And both teams were the Yankees. Wow. Chapman gave up seven runs against the Angels two weeks ago. Remember? Hey. Yeah, I do. Of course, remember. And today they give up six in the ninth against the Astros. But oh. everything's fine. Everything's fine. Uh, you know what? It's funny too because I was getting ready for my six o'clock sports cast. I go in the other room. They're up seven to four, and I say to myself, "You know, the Yankees hold on to win this game. They go five and one on the trip, but to me, it's still a fool's gold trip. Seattle's an awful hitting team. 
Houston's the best hitting team in the majors. They have the big, big, they score the most runs in the majors. So I was right. like, that's a good, they sweep them. That's something to hang your hat on. But man, right back to seeing this movie before, as they say, right? Well, they sweep them. And meanwhile, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, the Red Sox are losing two, two or three hour home to a subpar 500 Philly team. Yankees win today. They're five games over 500, seven games back. Manageable. You start the season with eight games. I think eight of the Yankees, you mentioned the Mets. I think the Yankees play the Red Sox eight of their first 11 games after the All-Star break. Wow, that'll be interesting. Four in the Bronx starting on Thursday night. How many games are those going to be on ESPN? Yeah, exactly. Every Oh, uh, wow. You know, I'll get perspective, though. Perspective. Yeah. You know, if they were in the National League East, they'd be like two games in two games behind. So were you to go back to last night when I was, you know, you know, reeled back in, did you catch any of the the antics in the ninth inning when Boone came out to talk to Gary? I didn't see any of the Yankee game last night. Sorry, Yankee fans. I, after the Mets doubleheader, I was baseballed out. Ninth inning, uh, you know, the Yankee bullpen was short. Jonathan Lewisig is on the COVID-19 list for uh, some sort of close contact. Green wasn't available last night, which turns out good. Uh, and Chapman, they just weren't. So they warming up Chapman in the ninth inning. Mm-hmm. A one nothing game, and Cole starts the ninth. I think at a hundred and like a hundred and twelve, hundred thirteen pitches. I am freaking stunned. I go ahead because I was stunned by this. This number <laughs> that he went that far. So I think it was uh, he had a seven. Altuve leads the game. So one nothing. Altuve leads the ninth off with a base hit on the first pitch of the inning. So he's on, mm-hmm. and Cole gets a pop out to center after a seven pitch at bat to that left handed hitter for the Astros, whose name is escaping me right now. Uh, Jose Jose Cruz, yeah, that's who it was. Jose Cruz, Juan Davis. Uh, anyway, he doesn't pitch at bat, and then he gets he gets the first. So it's one out, and then he gets the second out on a strikeout, and then Boone comes out with two outs. He's at 126 pitches. This is two outs in the bottom of the ninth. Two outs in the bottom of the ninth. Runner on first. 126 pitches with Chapman warming in the bullpen. Okay. Why? Okay. And uh, go ahead. Go ahead. So no, you have to look it up. It's all over the internet. Boone walks out to the mound, says a couple things, and you see Cole screaming. The whole infield is around him, and I want you to watch it just because it's funny. He's screaming his head off, and I can't repeat what he said. It was funny after the game. Cole said, "I said a bunch of a bunch of expletives, and then I blacked out." <laughs> so cool. That's what you want out of your starting pitcher. <laughs> but he but he won. He throw he, he says a bunch of expletives and you see Boone just sitting there and then Boone covers his mouth and he says this is my mf and game let's f and go and and then Boone walked away and wow. then then he threw 99 99 99 game over three straight fastballs so a bunch of expletives and black expletives and then blacking out that sounds like Thanksgiving at my house sometimes yeah, exactly and uh, your mother in law doing that that's crazy <laughs> oh that's not right. You know what well, I mean? Interesting. So, well, why did you would you come out and get him with two outs at that point? Like, I don't think he had. I don't think he had any intention of coming and getting. I think it was just a a courtesy. Are you sure? And then after the game, so I said this to my wife and my kids noticed it as well. <clears throat> During the game, several times Cole was walking behind the mound, putting both of his hands on his knees and leaning over. And I kept saying to my wife, "He doesn't look right." Like, and I knew Lewisaga had COVID, and I said to myself, "He looks sick." So then after the game, Boone says that he wasn't going to make the start because he'd been on an IV on the flight from Seattle to Houston because he was sick as a dog out in Seattle, and they didn't think he was going to pitch today. And if he did pitch, they are hoping to get five innings out of him. So it's 
you know, you one know, of those those sports stories you hear, you know. So. Hey, anytime, let me tell you something. I mean, anytime I fly to Houston, I'm usually hooked up to an IV too. So that's true. <laughs> I get it. Interesting. So what? Uh, so we went from a not, we were going to be like it's going to be sort of a boring baseball weekend, and we we're not going to talk about it that much, and yeah. things happened. So we go to the All Star break. I don't remember what our picks were. I don't. I didn't write them all down, but I know whatever we picked. I had the Yankees winning the East, and it doesn't look good right now. The Red Sox are still way ahead in the East, seven games, I think. Your Mets are in first. Uh, we'll go to the All-Star break. The All-Star team's getting their new uniforms on. You must be fired up about that. Yeah, another great job by base, Major League Baseball. I well, haven't seen about, them yet. Have you seen them? Uh, I've seen them, but they're so generic. You can't remember. They're, they're, like, they're not even memorable. So instead of like – one of the cool things about the baseball All-Star game compared to the other All-Star games is like all the players wear their own uniforms. Yeah. Just cool, especially back in the day. when You didn't see these guys all the time depending on where you live. So, you know, you, which, and you don't, it's like someone was saying about football. You can't do that in football because, you know, you can't be like, which, oh, wait, which guy am I throwing to again? The guy in the Cowboys jersey or the guy in the, in the, you know, the Raider jersey. You can't do that in the Pro Bowl. Um, but baseball decided because baseball sucks at everything in terms of marketing and public relations to get rid of that tradition that's been going on since 1933. We got to stop that. Now we're going to have generic National League uniforms and generic American League uniforms. I think the players get to wear their home team caps, but I'm not even sure about that. And as usual, I've done no research for this podcast. I'm, I'm looking at the All-Star. It looks like a soccer jersey to me. The I'm looking at the Aaron Judge jersey. just kept, popped up on the quick Google. It's a, it's a dark blue with a red NYY going down the left side of the chest with the white interlocking NY over it with the Nike swoosh over the right uh pectoral area and then a flag on the left sleeve and then an all-star game thing on the back and then the name and number on the back of the jersey so yeah, great great tradition great, and you can great, get great one tradition. too right now at fanatics for 159.99 yeah great yeah so. let's do that major league baseball hey. all-star game tuesday in colorado tonight is the major league baseball draft by the way a couple guys i know a couple guys from connecticut could be picked we'll keep our eye on that so that's the plan man yeah you know we're not going to do it tonight, but maybe next time we have a little bit of downtime. You guys can explain to me why the Yankees sell replica jerseys with the name on the back. But yeah, I don't want to get there right now. I, I think that's MLB, to be honest with you. I don't even know if it's okay. But yeah, but, uh, I, yeah. I told my son a million times, you do not ever own a Yankee jersey with a name on the back. No, it's dumb. But I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. Sorry, folks. All right, yeah, so, so that's uh, baseball. That's baseball. Yeah, that's baseball season. So let's take a timeout. We come back. We're going to talk about the NBA playoffs on News 8, by the way. And yep. a couple other things that are going on. And your wife has an idea for the sports world that I'm on the edge of my seat waiting for this. Yeah, it was a busy Sunday. It's some uh, history being made in tennis. There was some sort of soccer thing going on in uh, uh, Europe that we maybe that I didn't really know anything about, but I learned more than I needed to know. But let's do a little break action. Take it away. All right. Let's talk about Allswell. Allswell believes in the power of a good night's sleep. They designed mattresses to make sleep sleep accessible to all. That means designing a mattress with something called hybrid mattress technology. It combines the best of both worlds, memory foam, and individually wrapped coils for a winning blend of comfort and support. Their goal was to create an affordable mattress without sacrificing quality or luxury. The result is the All's Well Queen mattress that starts at $345. That's right, a queen mattress starting at $345. So the good news, now through July 23rd, save 10% off your total purchase with the promo code STAYCATION, that's all one word, STAYCATION. Save yourself 10% off your total purchase. 
from all as well if you use that promo code staycation. And that's now through July 23rd, and there's so much more. 100, uh, 100 night risk free trial is offered. You can get financing as with a financing as low as 0% APR. It's awesome. Again, check them out. We talk about it every week, every dang week. Sleep well with all as well and save. So I just happened to put the MLB draft on. We were taping this on a Sunday night at 7.20, by the way. Mm-hmm. It's the first time I've ever watched the MLB draft and Rob Manfred out doing the Rangers selection now, and it just doesn't have the NFL draft feel to it, Brian. No, 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 no. Hey, here's, a bunch of guys you, here's a bunch of guys you've never heard of that you might never see again. Well, Jack Leiter, Al Leiter, son, was just picked by the Texas Rangers with the second pick in the draft. Oh, Pittsburgh, well, I believe, Pittsburgh had the first pick, and they passed on Leiter, but Leiter people love. Mm-hmm. Right-handed pitcher from Vanderbilt, 21 years old, 179 strikeouts this year, which was tied for most in Division One baseball. So yeah, cool. There you have it. All right, probably so was, probably was not going to follow the Mets at 10. Oh well, oh. Mets are at 10. I didn't even. I don't even. They know. Are at 10. They're at 10. I don't know anything else other than the Mets are at 10. So have you watched any of the NBA Finals? Two games in the books. Bucks playing a game three tonight on Sunday night at, at eight thirty on News Eight. Do you have any interest? You're going to turn it on for a little bit tonight. Yeah, I'm going to. Yeah, I've watched the first couple of games. I think the Phoenix Suns, uh, are, who won both the, the held serve at home. Speaking of a Wimbledon Sunday, held serve at home, uh, won the first two games. So Phoenix is going for the three zero lead in Milwaukee um, tonight. Thought game two was interesting because uh, Giannis, who's on, who's uh, from Milwaukee, who's on a bad knee. I can't believe the guy's even playing. Had a monster game, uh, game two in Phoenix, but yet nobody else around him did a damn thing. So let, I'm hoping I'm going to see a competitive series. So I hope I mean, I'm kind of rooting for Phoenix for a couple of reasons, but I got no, I got no axe to grind against Milwaukee. So I'd like to see a competitive series and maybe Milwaukee get something done tonight. Need a little something out of Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday because those guys were awful in game two. Now, your parents are out in Arizona, right, Phoenix? Yes. So, are they, what is, yeah. what, what is the vibe out there? Is it good NBA town? It's a great, yeah. yeah um, Phoenix is an awesome NBA town. I mean, the other three teams, you don't get any buzz when you're out there. Maybe you see some Cardinal stuff, maybe some deep, a little bit of Diamondbacks. You have no idea that there's a hockey team out in Glendale. You, I'd never see Phoenix County stuff or Arizona County stuff, but it's a huge, uh, Sons Town, and my parents, front runners that they are. Well, yeah. my mom. She's not, she listens to this. She's gonna be angry. All of a sudden, my, my talked to my mom yesterday. She's like, "Oh, we're gonna watch the Suns game tomorrow. There's so much fun to watch." Like, you don't know any. Really? No, oh, that's not true. She told me Tom Chambers is gonna have a big game tonight. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Oh my God! All right. Well, yeah, there are there are yeah there are little there are little you know they they. Yeah, they have a little bit of hype problem because you know Mark Bryant's only six nine at center for them, so that's a little bit of a problem. But yeah, I, I, I've enjoyed, I'm the first two games aren't, weren't really close, but I'm hoping we have a good game tonight. And I know you're hoping that it's a nice tidy two and a half hour game on ABC, so you guys do not go on late tonight. You are correct, sir. Yeah, yeah, that's the only thing Eric cares about the friggin' NBA Finals. Doesn't care a whit except just get off on time and nights he's working. I do. I have enjoyed watching Giannis a little bit. He, uh, you know, around the basket, he reminds me a little bit of Julius Irving, the way he kind of moves around the hoop a little bit. Big seven. Round. I do love how the Phoenix fans were on him about the uh, counting down every time he shoots free throws because so there's a 10 second rule and they get to like 14 sometimes. Oh, yeah. And he's been brutal. He's had some air balls on, on foul shot attempts. But again, like you said, I think he had 42 in game two. Not he his- had 42 and 10. And again, the other guys who played well, like Chris Middleton, has been going off in the playoffs. He's been yeah. great, but had a stinker in game two. So, yeah, I felt bad for Giannis because he did everything he could on like one and a half legs. So um, I did something today that I don't think I've ever done with my family before. That was watch the Wimbledon final, the men's final. We watched, we missed the first 
two sets, picked it up third set, I think around two, two mm-hmm. and was there for the next hour and a half watching it and was kind of into it. Yeah. Did you see any of that? I saw everything except the first set. Yeah. When the Italian gentleman won and it looked like a tiebreaker, won seven six. And then yeah, I and he was it. down four to one. He was down four to one. I saw that in the recap. And then I watched most of it the rest of the way. I dipped in and out, but then the last set, when it looked like it was going to be begun a foreground conclusion, although it was probably a conclusion before the match started, yeah. uh, I watched through the end. So, so that's the uh, 20th Grand Slam title for uh, Djokovic, who now ties Federer and Nadal with the most. Rafael Nadal and Roger Federer for most. A record a lot of people said would never be broken. Yep. And uh, Novak Djokovic coming to uh, New York in September for the U.S. Open. Six, six, uh, six Wimbledon titles now, three in a row uh, at the All England Club. And yeah, uh, I was going to say, I don't think Grand Slam. Fifty something straight matches at uh, at uh, the All England Club where he uh, fifty something match winning streak. So, yeah, I mean, uh, it's probably the, he was fun to watch. He was playing to the crowd a little bit. He was having a good time there in the last couple sets. So it was an interesting tennis to watch. He, yeah, see, I'm I'm not a I'm not really a fan of his. To be honest with you. Um, yeah. But he's fun to watch. But I get it. It's, there's personality, and he's got it, and it helps the sport. So, I mean, I used to watch Wimbledon every year, especially back in the Sanford stage, because I was a huge, I was a huge Pete Sanford fan. So, you know, be nice to see. I shouldn't say this, but like, you know, I wish I'd see some growth in the American men's game. But it was, it's historic. So yeah, it was cool today to watch uh, a little bit of history. American men and women's game, both of them. Yeah, are. you're right. You're right. You're right. I, I should keep thinking about Serena, but you're right. Some golf news. Bubba Watson uh, was in close contact with someone who had COVID-19, and I guess they're a little stricter overseas when it comes to travel. So he had to withdraw from the Open Championship, which is this coming. Oh, weekend. that sucks. Yeah, so he was bummed because he's tested he's tested negative and he's gone through a bunch of protocols, but there wasn't enough time for him to get on a plane with the other golfers without the risk of possibly infecting someone, even though he tested negative. So That is a bummer. Yeah, but speaking of golf, now – I, I, I didn't know there was environmental issues with golf, but you're going to have to educate me in this. Here's the, here's the headline folks. My wife's idea to make golf more environmentally friendly. Does that mean John Daly stops smoking? No, but that's a good idea too. Yeah. What, 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 please. Well, let's circle back to, let's let, actually, this, let's circle back, actually circles us back to Phoenix. Yeah. So I mentioned, well, I, the wife and family and I were in Arizona a couple weeks ago, visiting family and we're in the Phoenix area. And I don't know if you, I don't know if you've been out there, but there's a lot of golf courses in the Phoenix area. Correct. But there's not a lot of waters, especially this year. So they're under like really tight water restrictions. But for some of the at least the bigger col- uh, golf courses, like the TPC one out uh, where they play the Waste Management Open out in Scottsdale, is one. It's a beautiful course. Um, and a couple others where they do, they water the courses even during times of water restrictions. And I'm not just talking about the greens and the fairways. I mean they water the whole damn courses. Well, my wife, caring about the environment and also wanting to make sure that, you know, there's no water shortages anywhere for people. She respects said, what? the drought. She respects she the respects drought. The drought. Mm, she yeah. respects what she respects water and the drought. Yep. Just what, what how that is so wasteful. They absolutely positively need to water these courses. It's like, well, they could probably get away with not doing it right now. You know, it's super hot. This is not a high travel time for Arizona. She said, why don't they just and here's where we go. Why don't they just make the golf courses out of the artificial turf stuff like they use for football fields? Can't do that. Oh, I tried to explain that. Yes. And then she said, I'm not talking. And she said, I said, you can't make, you know how big a golf course is? I mean, it's 10 times the size of a football field. More. And she goes, and then she said, not that, you idiot, which is right. 
She's saying just to pick the part where they play on. So I said, you mean the fairways and the greens? Yes, just make those out of that rubber tire sand stuff that they use at football stadiums. Now, I explained to her why I didn't think that this would work, but I did it in a nice way. Yeah. But that's crazy. Well, the ball will travel another 100 yards from the roll. Right. <clears throat> that's a little bit of a problem. Change and then she, she told me that uh, didn't they used to do that with old baseball stadiums? I said, yes. And the old baseball stadiums back in the 70s and the 80s where they played on AstroTurf, which is like concrete. Yeah, the baseball would bounce 100 feet in the air and guys would get singles on bunts. But that doesn't mean it was good. Correct. But I tried to explain the fact that if you start hitting golf balls in this this rubber and uh, in, in quote-unquote fake grass, the, the ball is going to go – you're going to have to make the greens large, as big as a football field. Correct. So oh, Nice try, Melissa. I, I applaud the idea because I never thought about this. But, you know, you know, I get the fact that there's more important things than golf. As Al Shervick famously said, you know, the biggest waste of prime real estate are golf courses and cemeteries. He, he wasn't wrong. <laughs> And there's often dead people at both. <laughs> uh, hello. Nice timing. Hello. So the other thing, too, the weather has not been great lately. So we were talking about trying to get to the movies. And one of your other headlines was a movie that we don't give a blank about. And I don't even know anything about this movie. Well, you know, we've been doing this podcast. We're not all over the yard here, by the way. But I just, well, I was I was thinking maybe, you know, starting some new segments. We've been doing this podcast, you know, for 36 years now. Uh, yeah. And I'm trying to do something new. And one of the things we bitch about on this podcast and off the air, if we actually spend time, we actually talk to each other off the air. Boring. And, yeah, boring is like movie, popular movies that we don't care about. So this is another one. I kept seeing ads all weekend, even on social media, for Black Widow. Black Widow is apparently another Marvel? Marvel Comics universe movie. And apparently Scarlett Johansson is involved. And I yep. said, I don't care about this movie. So that's my whole thing now. Movies you don't care about. This week's thing is, I don't know. I don't care about Black Widow. I, I'm not a Marvel guy. Are you a Marvel comic? No, we've discussed this. I don't, I'm not into it. I, I know. I just. I, I thought maybe you'd come around a little bit, but no, nothing, huh? Well, it's. but see, I would think maybe you, because I have not that girls can't like this stuff, because my oldest daughter, I think, liked the Wonder Woman movie. And yes, I know that's DC Comics, not Marvel Comics, but it's a superhero movie. I thought maybe you, you know, with your son, I thought maybe the boy would be into this sort of thing. Yeah. Paul didn't, you know, he's the target audience for this crowd stuff. Yeah. I just, I, I just, I have no interest. I don't think they do. I know they wanted to go see something at the movies this weekend. I don't think it was that though. Um, I think it might've been something else, but yeah, I just, I, I'm right there with you, man. I can't tell you the last time I went to a movie that was like an adult movie I was interested in. I actually think I do know it's been probably about, I've been with my kids to movies to, you know, try, try to think one of those animated movies, but the last time I went and actually, oh, gosh. Movie, and by the way, I gave you a lot of credit this weekend. Oh, Speaking thank you. I, I deserve it. You had a very funny reply on a tweet that I think actually you've used the, 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 the line before. So, you know, Brian follows, I, how many people do you follow on Twitter? Like 13, like 15, no, like 3,000 people. Why? Because you know why? Because I'm an idiot and I have a short attention span. I think if I see one person, one person say something that's mildly amusing or I think might be mildly interesting, I click the follow like a dip, you know what? You're like a Pavlov dog. You're just going to go. Yes. So this weekend, go to your Twitter feed. You, some right. woman, some woman tweeted out, "What's a movie that comes on?" And you and I have talked about this before when we're on TNT, TNT whether it's Catch Me If You Can, Saving Private right. Ryan, uh, a few good men was on this weekend. A few good yep. men. 
what's a movie? But she says a lot. If you find it, let me know where she basically says, what's a movie that is, that it comes on and you could be walking around the house, not even paying attention, but it's oh, I found it. Yeah, please, go ahead. Read the read. We read what she was looking for. All right, I gotta. Uh, I this made me laugh out loud, and I I told my wife this is why you're funny. All right, thank you. This is why. Okay, what? Here's a woman. From, I don't even know why. I'm not gonna say. I don't know. And again, Amber I was Nas- like, why are I we don't know following? Amber Naslin, but I followed her on Twitter. Uh, her tweet came across me a couple days ago. She and she tweeted out, "What are your comfort movies?" These are the ones that you put on the background that you don't even really watch, but they 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 feel familiar, so they're they're soothing and calming. And I replied, "Hold on, uh, don't say, don't say, don't say." I thought your reply was going to be ghost, first of all, right? But again, so said the joke is: here's a woman. What's a soothing, calming, calming yes, rainy day afternoon, just not in a good mood, need to cheer a pick me up movie? <laughs> I replied, "Apocalypse Now." <laughs> That's funny. All right. I was dying. I was. Thank you. That is just. You know, as I read that, it is pretty funny. Like, oh, I wrote that. (laughs) That is Brian Coleman humor right there to a T. And it made me. I made me laugh because we are cut from the same cloth. And right away, you're going for the joke instead of this poor woman looking for some nice replies. And you're a. (laughs) You're a jerk. She she doesn't know me at all. If she clicks on my link, she's gonna. She's going to see not even my mug as my avatar right now. It's Robert Hayes from Airplane. Did anyone then, else like it besides me? And then she's going to – and then she's like, oh, this idiot hosts a podcast? What, number one, oh, that's novel. Number two, I'm never going to listen to this jerk. Uh, Did anyone else like it besides me? A couple other people, yeah. I got a lot of – yeah, so wow. Thank you, Eric. Good, yeah. I thought that was very – That's yeah. why Twitter is so useful, for me to bitch about baseball and to reply to strangers' wise-ass answers. All right. Before we get to birthdays, one more little movie thing. You're trying to tell me that Point Break is 30 years old. Is that what you're Point Break is 30 years old, July 10th, 1991. Wow. One of the all time, like I can watch it at any time, no matter day, night, I can, I can pop in whenever. Keanu Reeves is just such a horrible actor in the movie. Oh. He's so bad in this movie. Oh, he's so Bro- bad. And Brody. Brody is the is, is Bro- Patrick Swayze. Bodie. Right? Bodie. Bodie. Oh, my God. Patrick Swayze. Gary Busey. Oh, it's awful. It's so bad. It's good. And I always get sucked into it. And I saw it in the theaters. I saw it in the theaters with a buddy of mine who was, he was last. This is how he spent his last night. Last night before going into the army, he's like, come on, we're going to go see point break. And the reason he was going to the army is why had some scrapes of the law. Yep. It was the army. Or prison, and nice. he goes to the army. <laughs> so we went to see Point. This is a true story. We went to see Point Break. I watch that movie still to this day, and actually, every time I watch it, I hope it's Keanu Reeves who dies in the wave. I know. <laughs> we everybody does every time I watch it. He's completely cool. inept. And here, I lo- I love the plot holes in it. I love the fact that he's an undercover surfer, so that when they go to the surfer's house to scope them out and bust them, he's on the raid. Yes. So he's going to raid them, but they're going to if they they're, if they don't if they don't get him, they're going to see him and know that he's a, a, an FBI agent. Johnny Utah. Is there, is there nobody else that can go on the raid? No, you're working undercover. It wasn't like Donnie Brasco after he went home from visiting with Al Pacino, he went and like you know, work you know, was making was pulling people over for speeding. You're undercover. Yeah. You don't go out and do that. Horrible. I love horrible. it. Horrible. Horrible. Uh, and I you know. 
I just, but I, I will always watch that movie. And that made me feel old because hey, that movie, the, I saw that movie in the theaters. I just gotten out of high school, like I maybe a year out of high school. Yeah. Yeah. That was 30 friggin' years ago. Speaking of Donnie Brasco, by the way, I just today started listening to a new podcast called Deep Cover, The Real Donnie Brasco. Yeah. He gives you all the background. I don't know how many episodes. They're pretty short. They're like 25-minute episodes. But him and his co-host talk about his entire way in, the, all that stuff. It's I've listened to three of them. They're pretty good. So wow. check them. Anyway, all right. We got to take one more time out. Now you've got a long list of birthdays here. Long list. Long but good. Yes. Yeah, so uh, you're going to read this commercial, and then we're going to have one, two, three, four, five, six birthdays, it looks like. So yeah, we'll fly through them. We'll fly through All right. Through. Do it up. All right. Hey, maybe you don't want to fly through the grocery store. Maybe you won't go to the grocery store at all. You got stuff to do. Save yourself a, a trip to the market. Instacart delivers groceries in as fast as two hours, and they connect you with personal shoppers who do your online shopping and shop and deliver groceries from your favorite local stores. And multiple, multiple stores are available. Shop all your favorites in a single order. Products you love from your local stores are available. They're hand-selected by shoppers based on your preferences. That means you're not going to a bunch of stores you've never heard of, two towns over. No, you're going to go to the local stores that you know and you, you trust when you buy food from them. And once you start using uh, Instacart more, the Instacart uh, shoppers will learn learn your preferences and they'll start looking for deals to save you some money. Hey, here's a great way to save some money on Instacart. Go to the EDBC podcast website at edbcpodcast.buzzsprout.com. Click on any one of our episodes, and you can get free delivery on your first first order of over thirty five bucks when you go to Instacart, but via the link on those episodes. So if you click on the link when you click on one of our episodes, go to Inst- it'll take you to Instacart.com. Sign up; it takes like three minutes, and get free delivery on your first order of over thirty five bucks. Sh- shop from home and save with Instacart. Again, Brian, I know you're taping the MLB draft, but I'm gonna. I don't want to spoil it for you, but it looks duller than a piece of bread. Yeah, and I'm. You know me. I'm. You. I think you made fun of me, or people at my wife's made fun of me. I love the draft. I'm. I'm I will. I will be glued to the NFL draft. I'm looking forward to the NBA draft in a few weeks to find out what everyone's wearing. The MLB draft is just not going to be not for me. All right, so birthday list. Let's start off with one of my favorite actors of all time. He was one of my, actually. I think. When I was growing up and you start doing, you know, as a junior high, high school, who's your favorite actor, you know, when you fill out stuff for yearbooks and all that. And this guy was always my answer. And that's Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. There you go. Splash. Pretty popular guy. Yep. Outcast. 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 Castaway. Castaway. Thank you. Yes. Right. Bachelor Uh, Party. All those great. Bachelor Party is a tremendous movie. And I'm I'm a little puzzled here. I don't know how old Tom Hanks is. I'm I'm really. Yeah. I want my first reaction is to say 64. What do you got? He's 65. Oh, how about that? Close. Yeah. Now you and next right guy here, next I mean, to it. You put these guys next to each other just because their acting careers are just such a parallel. Well, when you talk about favorite actors, especially from the 80s and the 90s, I mean, yeah. this is my guy. I mean, right now, as as we're speaking right now, he's talking to his agent. His, his age, here's the here's what the phone call goes like. Hey, uh, so and so, I've got a, I've got a part for you. I'll do so and so. I'll do it. I've got a, I'll do it right now. Jimmy Smith just accepted something. Yeah, Jimmy Smith is celebrating a birthday this weekend. Well, let's bring him in. He's here now to be a guest on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy, come on in. Jimmy, come on in. Uh, NYPD Blue was he on LA Law? LA the- Law. I never saw it. Yeah, LA Law. NYPD Blue. He was on the West Wing the last couple of years. Uh, he. Uh, 
the, the, my favorite thing to go back in the time because I'm a child of the 80s and one of my favorite shows, as you know from the 80s, at least the first couple of seasons, Miami Vice. Yeah. He played Sonny Crockett's uh, doomed partner in the pilot movie. Did not know that. You did not know that. He played Eddie Rivera. Did not know that. Eddie Rivera was not long for this world, which is, you know. I think Jimmy Smith, is he older than Tom Hanks? My initial reaction is yes. Go with that reaction. 67. Almost, my friend. 66. All right. Man, I am on top of this right now. So what we need, what I what, what I would need is a movie that's a, like a, a, a movie that I can watch over and over again that stars Tom Hanks and Jimmy Smith. And the next actress from the 80s as well. Oh, good point. This is a good '80s actress. This is a good, this is a good. I like this one. Um, one of the because she's in one of the, the one of the most '80s of '80 movies. Uh, Kelly McGillis. What's her story now? I don't know what her, what's her story now. Like, yeah, what's she doing? Wasn't she in the news for something? And again, I'm not saying okay. that you up. All, all kidding aside. Okay. She was in Top Gun, co-starring uh, Tom, Top Gun with Tom Cruise. She played the love interest. Yes. We can debate. We can, that's that's another debate for another time. Uh, she said, I think she was being self-deprecating. She said that she wasn't offered a role in the sequel, which I guess is coming out later this year. And she said something to the effect of, can you, are you surprised? I mean, look at me, like sort of putting herself down. Like Maybe. she's not quite a babe anymore or something. I don't know. I mean, um, but you know, that was it. All right. I didn't know what else. Was I thought there was something else she was. Maybe there was, but that's all. I was like, oh, geez, she's kind of like putting herself down a little bit. But yeah, this, uh, I don't know. I don't think she was in a lot after that. She was in Witness before that, which is one of my favorite Harrison Ford movies. But yep. other than Witness and Top Gun, I don't think we've seen a lot of her a lot last 35 years. Sorry, Kelly McGillis, if you're listening, and I know you are. But uh, I have to be honest. I saw her age. So she's 64. Oh, you did? I did. I saw that the other day. Okay. Well, you could have said that. So, uh, but that's fine. I yeah, appreciate well, all those actors are right in the same, you know, s- same stratosphere there as far as birthdays go. Okay. So yeah, I'm looking. Okay. So she looks like she's in her sixties. She's she's in her sixties. Yep. That's fine. Uh, next uh, one is a rock and roll star, wife of a former rock and roll star. I, I haven't seen her in a long time. Have you seen her about Courtney Love? Thankfully, I've never. I, I I haven't seen her in more, and thankfully, I haven't heard her or music at any time recently. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, just because of that, she's just she's part of that grunge era. Yep, Courtney Love. So the again, band that goes, takes me back to college, being married to Kurt, Kurt Cobain. I wasn't married to Kurt Cobain; she was. Yes. Uh, but just one of those things. Like again, one of those birthdays made me feel a little old. Fifty-five, fifty-seven. All right, I knew she was just a, a little ahead of our time there. So, uh, I wanted, and the next guy is I know is a favorite of one. Of you, you love this band that he's. Oh, favorite band of mine, please. I actually saw him on the internet the other day because I stumbled upon the time that Triumph the Insult comic dog went to New Jersey and uh, went to a Bon Jovi concert and it ridiculed the fans. And as it turns out, our star here, Richie Sambora. And it was mm-hmm. very funny if you've never seen it. Hysterical. I, I'll have to look at that. So yeah. You've never seen that? Oh, no, I've never even heard of it. Triumph the Insult comic dog? Yeah, Ripley. but I, never, I didn't know he bothered Richie Sambora. Oh, I mean, I bought him. And Heather Locklear. They're, oh, that's they're, right. They're married. Uh, they, yeah, because he was Mrs. Heather Locklear. Correct. This guy's living a friggin' charmed life. Man. Richie Sambora's one of those guys. I'm going to guess he's 61. Are you really hitting? You're just, you're not quite hitting the arrow, but you're <clears> within <throat> the, you know, you're within the margin of error. 62. Wow. 
Wow. Uh, everyone I've been off about a year. Wow. I, have you ever, I, I'm, 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 I'm curious why this man is last. I don't know. Alphabetical think, order? No. I think maybe he's the youngest. Go ahead. Although I didn't. Okay. The Wonder Years. I didn't really watch the Wonder Years, but I know of the Wonder Years from the late 80s. You know, little yep. kid growing up. He was Woody Cooper. Yep. You know, she's she's grown up and grew up rather nicely. But Fred Savage, the star of the Wonder Years, the little punk bastard in the Wonder Years is celebrating his birthday. Oh, does that mean he's younger than us? Yeah, but I mean, not like, oh, I'd like to think not a lot, but yeah, he's younger than us. Sorry, I'm going to say he was 45. Bingo. Nice, man. Dude, I tearing you apart this week. Yeah, and I believe... Danica or Danica McKellar, who played Winnie. I, I'm sorry, I had a Winnie thing. A lot of guys did. I still do. I think she's like our age, and she still looks like she's 35. So I'm yep. more about her than him. But Fred Savage is a little punk on the Wonder Years is 45 years old. Wow. Yeah. Well, listen, we have the All-Star break this week, so it's going to be a little light in sports. Uh, I don't know if I'll be watching much of the All-Star game, depending on what my work schedule looks like. I'll be running out doing some other things. MLB draft is tonight. The WNBA All-Star game, the first place Connecticut Sun in the East. They are uh, going to have a little bit of a break. So the WNBA, get this, no games until August 15th because they're on the Olympic break. Oh, that's interesting. That's good for your product. Yeah, I mean, the NH worked well for the NHL. You know, hey, yeah, they love basically going to come back August 15th and play every other day for about a week to catch up. So maybe they need a break. I all, you know, that uh, I saw our U.S. Olympic team and their tune up, their first tune up game, the men's team, uh, lost to Nigeria. I so, saw that as well, 90 to 87. Jeez. Wow, nice, nice job, nice going, guys. Hey, you want to uh, be August global- 15th? Wow, yeah, you want to be a global product NBA? That's great, but other t- other yeah. countries are catching up fast, man. Catching up, man. So. All right, that'll do it for this edition of the EDBC Podcast. Eric Dobratz and Brian Coleman. Enjoy the all-star break, everyone. Until next time, Brian, say goodbye. See ya.